from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The offseason champs, I guess you could say, with a lot of free agent signings that they've made, including wide receivers like Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst at tight end, Miles Sanders running back, new head coach and Frank Reich and a completely different staff. They trade up to number one to get Bryce Young. Is it enough? I don't know. That's why, Brian Murphy, we turn to the Heaster Automotive Group hotline and bring on Joe Person of The Athletic who covers the Carolina Panthers. I want to know from you, Joe Person, did they make the right choice going with Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud? Yeah, I mean, it feels like the right choice. We, you, and this is kind of like, uh, you know, a cop-out answer, but we really don't know just until we see if Bryce Young stays healthy. Like, that is the thing. If I, I think if you line up those two guys and watch their tape over the last couple of years, you would say Bryce Young is the better player. Uh, he he kind of got a little uh, magic in him. Um, you know, he's played at the highest level everywhere he's been. Um, Matter Day High School, which is like a Southern Cal feeder school out in Southern California, uh, obviously Alabama, mm-hmm. and, and now number one pick. So, but there nobody looks like him though in the NFL. The, the minute they drafted him last Thursday, he became the smallest quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I I, I think if he stays healthy, yes, it's the right choice. Willie, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, he he managed to stay healthy at Alabama. Uh, it, you know, in in college football's best conference, the toughest conference, but uh, you know, it, it's a different animal as you guys know up here. True. Well, Andrew Luck never stayed healthy, and he's out of the league. So that's the thing. Like size and, and doesn't Cam may not always. Also, right? can, and Cam yeah. Newton's six five two sixty five. So it, it's not all about size. I'm. I will say this. I'm more concerned about Bryce's frame, mm-hmm. like thickness-wise, than I am height-wise. I mean, the five, ten, and an eighth, I, you know, I, I can kind of live with that, like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. But both of those guys are built thicker than, than Bryce Young. And they had an ability to, I think in Russell Wilson's case, I think he's added like 15, 20 pounds since he left NC State in Wisconsin. Uh, if you look at Bryce, though, he and, and I was with him last week in Kansas City at a Play 60 event. I was standing right next to him. I mean, he is not built. I'm I, I just not sure he's going to be able to gain a whole lot of weight. That's Joe Person from The Athletic. I'm Brian Murphy. Dennis Cox with me. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Good to hear your voice. Um, I look at what the Panthers have done, and I say they haven't done enough to surround Bryce Young. Have they done enough? Is there are there offensive skill players good enough to to help out to to bring this young quarterback along? You know, it's funny. Before the draft, I was ta- having this conversation with a scout from another team, and he made the, the same point you just did, Murph. He said, "I I don't see it in the receiving game." Hmm. Uh, DJ Shark, you know, decent piece. Adam Thielen had some very good years in Minnesota, but Adam Thielen is going to be 33 when the season starts. He's going to be 35 before his last year he's under contract for here. Um, so they did go get Jonathan Mingo. Uh, you know, at, I, I like Mingo at, at 39 for them. I mean, he another old Miss second-round receiver, right? Like, 
I don't know that he's going to match A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf. Those guys have set a pretty high bar. But but he does have that same type of size-speed combination. But um, I would have liked to see – look, they only had five draft picks. There were only so much they could do. Uh, they did go get Hayden Hurst, too, in, in, in free agency mm-hmm. at the tight end position. I would have liked to have seen him get another tight end. I've just – I, I hearkened back a lot to 2011 when they drafted Cam first overall. And that and a lot of people forget this, and I kind of did. Um, they had Greg Olson, obviously, but they also had Jeremy Shockey. And yeah. I went back. Shockey's numbers were almost um, – Right there with with Olsen. So, I don't know. You, you, uh, for a rookie quarterback, just kind of getting his feet wet, I, I like that tight end position as sort of a security blanket. And uh, and they have one in Hayden Hurst, but I'm with you, Murph. I, I think this. I think they need some more weapons. You look at what young quarterbacks, what teams have done for young quarterbacks in this league. You mentioned. You know, A.J. Brown, they, Philadelphia went and got him for, for Jalen Hurts. You, you know, Jamar Chase for Joe Burrow. You know, in Miami, they got Waddle and, and Tariq Hill for, for Tua. You know, Stephon Diggs, they brought him in for Josh Allen. It looks like that seems to be how you develop a young quarterback in this league. Now, all those didn't happen when they were rookies, but that, that would seem to be the next step, right? For at Somewhere down the line, you're going to have to trade a number one pick or go up in the draft and get a true number one receiver. Probably so. And I mean, look, that was sort of the, that was sort of the one step forward, one step back. That was a whole point of piece of that, that this trade is, yeah, we're going to go get our number. We're going to go get our franchise quarterback, but we're going to give up our top receiver and DJ Moore to do yeah. it. And, and, and the irony is the bears wanted DJ Moore to help their young quarterback. Hmm. Justin Fields in what is a pretty pivotal pivotal evaluation year for Fields. So, yeah, again, you know, the the Steelers last year got Pickett and Pickens as a, a receiving complement. I, I do I, – I mean, at least they got Mingo. Like, I, I like the idea of having a guy, uh, a receiver, who can come in, be part of the same draft class with – Bryce Young, the two of them are going to L.A. together later this month for the NFLPA Rookie Symposium. Like They're going to spend a lot of time together, and you hope that chemistry builds there. And uh, and, and I think it will, but to your point, it, is it enough? Eh, probably not. Joe Person, The Athletic, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. If the Panthers don't make the playoffs this season, is it a failure? Uh, if they don't make the playoffs, uh, by 2024, it's a failure. Okay. Uh, I mean, it took Cam three years for, you know, actually uh, they went, of course, Cam also though, is the AP offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. He went to the pro bowl as a rookie. He, he broke Peyton Manning's rookie passing records. <laughs> he stormed into this league. And so if, if Bryce does any of that, you know, that will be certainly a sign of good things to come and staying healthy, as we talked about. Um, But, yeah, like that was another reason they made this move when they did this. Mm -hmm. The NFC South is is this is a 
division and transition. And wasn't a very good tra- uh, division last year nope. when Tom Brady was still <laughs> in it. I mean, yeah. I remember in week, what was it? Week 17, the Panthers are like six and nine and go down to Tampa with a chance to, to, uh, Leave that leave Tampa in first place with a chance to win the division the following week. They lost, uh, but but it, it's not a good division. You know, Drew Brees is out for a couple years now. Now Brady's out, and you know what are the Falcons going to do with Desmond Ritter? Uh, you know, Derek Carr is kind of the stopgap in uh, in New Orleans. So there, there's a real opportunity. I, you know, I the, the Panthers' defense is good. I still think last year it was a little overrated. A lot of people talked about their defense. I, I mean, I watched them get their doors blown off mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Yeah, they did. It's a good Bengals team, but but yeah, there. This is not anywhere close to being a, a, a you know a complete team just yet. But they still could mess around and win the NFC South. That they can do. Joe Person of the Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter at Joseph Person. Thanks for your time and enjoy mini camps. I appreciate it, guys. Have a great week. Thanks, Joe. That's Joe Person of the Athletic joining us here on the Heatstra Automotive Group Hotline. He brings up a great point. The NFC South is there to be taken. Well, and not just the NFC South. The NFC as a whole is terrible. I mean, outside of outside of the Eagles? Yeah. Yeah. Phil- Philadelphia, maybe you throw San Francisco and maybe Dallas, but there there are playoff spots to be had in Oh, that. for sure. I mean, maybe the Lions. I mean, that's what we're talking about, a bunch of maybes. Yeah. The- we don't know what the Packers are going to be. We don't know what the Vikings are going to be. The NFC South is bad. The NFC West outside of of maybe Seattle and San Francisco is Mm -hmm. pretty bad. I mean, there are some playoff spots to be had for this team. And here's the thing we see often in the NFL. Things flip so quickly. Like, from one year to the next, you can go from being terrible to playoff team. Or, heck, you can win the Super Bowl like the Rams did and not even make the playoffs the next season. So, there's no telling when it comes to the NFL. I I thought Joe made a great point. Right, right? Even if this team doesn't make the playoffs, and I think most fans Mm -hmm. think it has a very good chance, if Bryce Young is the man, if if he is putting up lots of yards, if he wins the rookie of the year, if he goes to the Pro Bowl, if he shows that he can stay healthy, that's a win. Yeah. That's a win, and then you start to fill in the pieces around him. Um, so even if you don't make the playoffs, if, if Bryce Young is your starting quarterback and you know it moving forward, that to me is success. And I want to see like I want to see progress throughout the season. That's something I want to see. I want to see this team establish an identity or at least figure it out of who they are, who they want to be, and find out who they actually are and work through that and develop and grow as the season goes along. Because, again, we never know, again, in the NFL how things are going to shake out. For you know, Jordan Love might be the next dude up in Green Bay. We don't know. We don't know. Right. Uh, I'm shrugging my shoulders because, again, we just we just don't know. But you got to like your chances. You look you no do. Tom Brady, no Drew Brees, no Matt Ryan. All, you know, transition happening all over the NFC South. The Panthers think they have their guy, and this is their chance. Yeah, Sam Howell and the Commanders might tear things up. You right. just never know. You might see, <laughs> honestly, you might see the Giants regress and slip back to being an under five hundred team. Well, that's the I didn't include them because I don't, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't put. I mean, I think the Eagles are head and shoulders above everybody else, and sure. then I think the rest of the NFC. I mean, are we counting on Brock Purdy and Trey Lance to do this again for San Francisco? Are we counting on Geno Smith to have another great season for Seattle? No. Dak Prescott is, you know, getting older. He's he's been injured. Hey, he's been in his mid twenties now. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know that that the Cowboys are guaranteed to be you know a playoff team. So I think the the NFC is wide open. And if 
if the Panthers' defense plays well and if they can establish some sort of offensive identity, they have as good a shot as anybody. I do agree with you in the sense of they do need at some point in the next Obviously, you're probably not going to do it this year unless you make a big splash trade, which I don't know what you have left to trade. You don't have a first-round pick next year. Um, a big splash trade for a wide receiver that you know can be here for the next three or four years. For example, like you mentioned, the Eagles go out and trade for A.J. Brown, but they also accumulated a lot of picks so they could afford to right. do that because they still had two first-round picks this year. Blows my mind. It's it's amazing how well they managed like their draft capital over the last few years. Unlike but, say the Panthers, who have squandered mm, so much draft capital, Bryce Young has, has to, hit. to work. Has to work. But also they drafted Devontae Smith a couple years That's ago right. as well. So I mean, like you, the developmental receiver, but you also trade for the big name. Uh, a lot to be determined, but. It's a, it's a copycat league, and you've seen all these yeah. teams with young quarterbacks say, we've got to go get a stud number one mm-hmm. wide receiver. You've five, six, seven examples league-wide. I think that's the path the Panthers are on, but without a first-round pick next year, it may be two years down the road. Or, or Mingo has to develop. Mingo probably does. Mingo has to become that guy. He has to become A.J. Brown. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done. Freddie was good. Didn't have to be great. Made a couple really good saves, but I would say overall didn't have to be flashy or spectacular. He was solid. He was good. The only goal that he gave up was a breakaway goal. Okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you a breakaway goal. Sure, fine. You don't have to worry about sometimes a two-on-one, like, okay, do I do I play the shooter? Sometimes you might be leaning towards the pass. Yeah, one on one, a guy makes a good move and he scores. Okay, I'll give I'll give Nathan. The, the Bastion. Devils are getting paid too. Yeah, exactly. They, <laughs> they're also a playoff team. Right. Imagine that. They're also they're also in the Eastern Conference semifinals. But we saw Akira Schmidt get chased. At some point in this series, we might see Vanacek start tomorrow for the Devils. At some point in this series, playing every other day, Ronta's healthy. Freddie's healthy. Be gonna see Ronts at some point. I could see Game Three because it's a three thirty game, and there's a travel day going from Carolina up to Newark, New Jersey, in between. And it's a late start tomorrow. I could see Ronta going Game Three, no matter what happens tomorrow. That makes sense, right? You you play an eight o'clock game on Friday in Raleigh. Yeah, you got to play a three thirty afternoon game on Sunday in New Jersey. Uh, you you give Anderson that day off, and then you can bring him back for Game Four mm-hmm. on, on Tuesday. I mean. The days of, unless you have a Vasilevsky or somebody like that, the days of playing a, a goalie 25 straight games in the playoffs, you know, to get to the end of the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I think those days are kind of over. They're few and far between. Now. I mean, we, we've talked about load management in basketball. We talk about, you know, guys take more days off in baseball than they ever have. Mm-hmm. I, 
I don't know why that wouldn't carry over to hockey where, look, we got two good, healthy goalies. Let's not run one of them into the ground. Yeah. Let's let's manage. Let's use that as an asset. Well, if Canes fans remember back in 2019 when they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, Peter Morazic was the starter just initially. He started the Washington series, but then he got hurt against the Islanders. Curtis McElhaney came in and was there for the sweep and was solid for the most part against the Boston Bruins team. Bruins team, that was just call it what it was, was just better than the Canes that year. It was a Canes team. We could say overachieved, you could say, in 2019, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. But they had to use both goalies. Now, part of it was circumstantial, but they had to use two goalies. And both of them played really, really well. With Carolina, it doesn't matter who's in goal because they don't change how they play in front of them. You know? That's the thing. Like, ah, okay, we know we got this other goal again. We might have to do things a little differently or may have to be a little bit tighter in some spaces. They play the exact same no matter who's in goal. And defensively yesterday, they were, they were fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I just think back, you know, the Dominic Hoshiks or the Patrick Waz. Yeah, we don't, we Martin don't, Brodeur. Yeah, you we don't, don't see, those see guys that anymore. anymore. We don't see a guy just like, this guy's my starter and he's going to play until, you know, until he gets hurt or until we, we hoist the Stanley Cup, basically. Yeah. Until we do a handshake line or until we hoist the cup, this guy is in goal. I feel like, you know, watching these hockey games all over, all over the country, th- these playoff series – they're pulling goalies left and right. They're starting yeah. one guy, starting the next guy. It doesn't feel like, you know, we, we've entered a period of the NHL where we're not just going to ride one goalie the whole way. We got to manage these guys' loads. Both of them have been hurt in the past. Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, I think I think game three is the perfect opportunity to play Ronta, give Anderson a little bit of a break, and then come back to him in game four. And, and you keep Ronta fresh in case he needs to to come in and, and play game six, play game seven, you're not like, oh, you haven't played in, in 10 days, you haven't played in 15 days. To get him a start, I think, makes a lot of sense. I will say, we are going to talk to Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com, here in about 10 minutes. But one thing I will say about with Ronta, though, because he's been a backup for much of his career, he's used to going 10 days without playing, coming in and being good. So that, that's Which something, is a great luxury Which is to a have. great luxury to have as a veteran backup. That's Brian Murphy, Dennis Cox here with you. Brian Murphy, you cover the North Carolina State Legislator from a sports perspective a lot. So I know there's a big meeting with uh, – we're going to talk to Phil Isley tomorrow uh, about the uh, – with the Athletic Commission, about PNC Arena, the lease deal with the Carolina Hurricanes. But something that's been trying to go through the state legislator for a couple of years has been sports betting here in North Carolina. It went through the house, right? Am I correct on that? That is, that is correct. Sports, okay. Mobile sports gambling has passed the House. Okay, so what's the Senate doing? What are they doing? Like, is this the Imperial Senate? I mean, is, <laughs> it is May the 4th. Is the Imperial Senate where are, is Emperor Palpatine now taking control? The, the problem is, and I don't want to get too in the weeds, th- this is what's called crossover week. Okay. So in order for a bill to be considered by the other chamber, it has to pass your chamber this week. Okay. And so any Senate bill that they want to have considered in the House has to pass the Senate this week. Uh, And vice versa? And vice versa. So yesterday the House voted on 50, 60, maybe more bills because they want to get all their calendar cleared of House bills so they can get them over to the Senate. Long way of saying that the bill's already passed the House. The Senate is not going to take up any House bills until they get their calendar cleared of their Senate bills. All that being said, the Senate is expected to release their budget uh, the week of May 15th. Mm -hmm. And I expect that the sports gambling and maybe – larger issues of gambling may be rolled into that budget. 
So I think May 15th, if, if you're interested in sports gambling, the week to start paying attention to the legislature again is May 15th. And that's when I think we're going to see a lot of movement on, on gambling, sports gambling, and, and possibly even you know video lottery terminals and casino gambling. Oh, even casino gambling too. So yeah. like lumping all this stuff together. Yeah, I've written about this a couple times at, at WRL and WRLSportsFan.com. Uh, there is a push by some to to legalize casinos. Oh, uh, there's already ca- so we're talking like here in Raleigh, we could have a casino. I don't believe here in Raleigh. I think uh, the the thought is to put them in in counties that have are less economically developed to okay. kind of spur job creation, to spur economic activity in some of because that is tax money to the local municipalities right, as well. Right in some of North Carolina's, you know, so not Wake County, not Mecklenburg County, so some counties that are struggling financially, struggling economically, losing okay. population. This. I, I could see them authorizing some casinos in places like that to help generate uh, economic activity, maybe in, in Nash County, Rocky Mount, or, or okay. up near the border in Rockingham County, or, or down outside of Wilmington, not, not in New, New Hanover County, but maybe Pender County mm-hmm. or Brunswick County. So um, that, that's, I've written about it a couple times. There's, there's no, no bill yet. But that's something to keep an eye on in the next couple weeks. And we saw what legalized sports gambling did in college sports. So Alabama baseball, why this is why this ties into this. Alabama baseball fired their coach Brad Bohannon today, five days after suspicious wagering was detected on the Crimson Tide's game against at, at LSU. And this is because legalized sports gambling, these sports books, and it was this actually in Ohio is where they found it hey, something's not right here with these bets that are being made. And sure enough, it looks like, we'll get into this a little bit more later on, but the Alabama coach was actually wagering on his own games. Yeah, Not sure about that, but what we are sure of is but that. Potentially. Yeah, regulation of sports gambling is catching a lot of this stuff. It's why we're yeah. seeing NFL players get suspended. It's why this got caught. The regulated market is catching these anomalies and, and, you know, and, and maybe cleaning up sports in some ways. I, I know, for example, like boxing has a rich history of fixed fights and things along those lines. But again, the legalized sports wagering allows you to allows you, like I said, to catch these kinds of things. We'll dive more into that stuff a little bit later on. That's Brian Murphy, Dennis Cox here with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info sps. Your journey begins here.